Amen. So, the question I have for you today is, have you ever been overwhelmed? Where the circumstances of your life were so difficult and so challenging, you look at them and you wonder, how am I ever going to cope with this? And I want you to think about what that situation or situations were. What was it? You got it in your mind? What was that like? What did it feel like? And did you sense the presence of God? Or did you feel like he left you all alone? As many of you know, my wife and I traveled and our little boy to Egypt and Israel, also Jordan. And the first place we went to was the great pyramid. I learned how to say it over there. They don't say pyramids like we do. They say, say it with me, pyramid. Pyramid. Got to get the rolling of the tongue. Pyramid. There you go. So we went, we saw this great pyramid built in 3000 B.C., and you can crawl into it. And what the tour guide didn't tell us is the, the passageway whereby you're crawling into it is like four feet wide. And there's people going up and people coming down at a 45 degree angle. And it was 110 degrees when my son and I paid 18 bucks. They should have paid us 18 bucks to go into this thing. Paid 18 bucks to go in there. And so we did. And it was 110 degrees. And we could hardly breathe, and there were people going up and people coming down, and some people were starting to pass out, and I got about halfway up, and I started to get claustrophobic, and I started to not be able to breathe very well, and I was getting hot, and I thought I was going to pass out, and some parts we were crawling like this, some parts we were standing like this, some parts we were on our hands and knees like this. And what's amazing is some people from our group that were 85 years old did it too. I got about halfway up and I felt, what's the key word? Overwhelmed. Can I do this? Can I make this journey? Nobody told us it was going to be this difficult and I felt, Dave, you were there. Did you make it, Dave, by the way? You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We felt overwhelmed. Like, are you kidding me? This is tough. So I got about 30 yards from the top where the, the mummy, mummified pharaoh is buried. Of course, he's not there anymore. And I said, I can't go on. I'm done. I'm hot. I can't breathe. It's claustrophobic. I can't go on. Have you ever had situations in your life that were so difficult and challenging, you felt like, I just can't go on? I'm done. I'm toast. Maybe it was regarding a job situation, financial breakdown, or a relationship fracture, or some sort of physical ailment that was so difficult and challenging, you wondered if you'd ever get better. Every one of us in here at one time or another have felt like giving up on life, have felt like it is so difficult and trying what I'm going through. I'm not sure I can cope, and I'm not sure I can carry on. At times in life, we have all felt, what's the key word? Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Did Jesus Christ ever feel overwhelmed? Yeah. So, 
course, we were, we were there in Israel, and we saw where the upper room was. And on the night before Jesus was crucified, he broke bread with his disciples. He established this thing called the Lord's Supper. And before he did that, he broke bread with his disciples celebrating the Passover. At that meal, he said, one of you is going to betray me. And we know who that was. It was Judas, right? And Judas checked out of the meal. Now Jesus blessed his disciples, took them out of the upper room, walked outside the city walls of Jerusalem, through down to this place called the Kidron Valley. And I was there, and it's still there, and it's still called the Kidron Valley. And at the base of the Kidron Valley is the base of the Mount Olives, Mount of Olives. And right there at the bottom of the Mount of Olives is Gethsemane. By the way, we oftentimes call it, and I'm chief of sinners when it comes to this, the Garden of Gethsemane. Nowhere in the Bible is it called the Garden of Gethsemane. It's just called Gethsemane. And literally, the words Gethsemane means olive, get, seminane, press, olive press. So that's where Jesus met with his disciples. And he took three of his disciples, the inner circle of the disciples, who were, you say it, Peter, James, and John said, I want you guys to go with me. And when he got into the garden, he said, listen to this, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. What? Almighty God? Jesus the Christ? The King of kings and Lord of lords? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace? He is overwhelmed to the point of death? How could that be? Where did that come from? Do you know why? Because Jesus is not only man, but he's also God. And knowing that he could see into the future some eight, ten hours later exactly what was going to happen, that he would be nailed to the cross, rejected by people, scorned, ridiculed, mocked, and crucified, that he would carry the world's sins on his shoulders, that he would sense alienation from God, total separation from the Father, and that's exactly what hell is like. And so he could look into the future and see the poor scorn, the humiliation, the rejection, the suffering, the pain, the death. He could see it all. And what did he say? Because of that, my soul is, you say it, overwhelmed. And he even prayed this. Anybody know? Take it away. Take away the pain. You ever been in a situation that was so overwhelming, you said, God, take it away. Get rid of the pain. I can't go on. This is difficult. Take it away. And the father said, nope. Not going to do that. Jesus said the very same thing in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if it be your will, take this cup of suffering away from me. But then he appended something at the end of that statement. Do you know what it was? And it's something we ought to say every time we ask God to take away the pain we're in. Yet not what? My will, but yours be done. So Jesus did. And this overwhelming feeling that he was getting, knowing what was going to happen just a few hours later, caused him to be so stressed out, so overwhelmed, that his sweat became like drops of blood. And that is physically possible, where there's so much pressure on a person that his sweat is tainted by blood. Overwhelmed. 
That's what Jesus was. And where was this? What, where did this take place? Where, where was he praying? Remember we said this wasn't necessarily the Garden of Gethsemane, but a place called Gethsemane. And remember we said this before, get means olive, semony means press. It's the place of the olives, the olive trees. And when we got there just, what, about a week ago, indeed, we saw olive tree after olive tree after olive tree. This tree, they think, is about 2,000 years old. So indeed, Jesus may have prayed right at this very place, saying, Father, if it be your will, take this cup of suffering away from me. Telling his disciples, my soul is overwhelmed, even to the point of death. Now let's think real quickly, if this is the the place of olives, the olive press, let's talk about what happens to olives real quickly and then apply them to the life of Jesus because Jesus was pressed on every side. His friends had abandoned him. His three most faithful disciples fell asleep on him. Judas had betrayed him. Peter had denied him. All these different things had happened or were going to happen that night. And he even felt alienation from all those who would follow him. He was overwhelmed with sorrow and grief. He was feeling great pressure in the Garden of Gethsemane, just like an olive. This is an olive press. And you know what this happens? How this happens? They gather the olives and they put it in that little basin. Then that mule pulls around that wheel and that wheel crushes the olives. And the first oil that is extracted from those olives is the best oil. And that's reserved for kings. So in the Garden of Gethsemane, the King of kings and Lord of lords was pouring out his heart to the Father. In a sense, being anointed with oil. Then the second, so that's for kings, the second part of the oil, as the wheel goes around again, is for cooking. Preparations for cooking. So Jesus was preparing for our salvation as he thought about what was going to happen in the next 36 hours, in the next 48 hours. His suffering, his bleeding, the wrath of God being placed on him, his death on our behalf, his triumphant resurrection. Jesus was preparing good home cooking in the Garden of Gethsemane as he thought about what he was going to accomplish for every one of us. And the reason he accomplished that is because he loves us so much. I don't want any of you to leave today wondering, questioning, doubting whether God really loves you. He loves all of you individually. That's why Jesus went through that overwhelming feeling in the Garden of Gethsemane because he knew that your salvation was at stake and he was going to go to heaven's length to suffer and bleed and die in your place so that forgiveness of sins could be yours today. Can we give the Lord a shouting ovation right now for that? Amen? Our Lord Jesus Christ died for us, even though he was overwhelmed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was making home preparation. And not only that, the wheel goes around again, and the last oil that is extracted from those olives is for a lamp. Jesus said it best when he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will have the light of life. And he showed it three days later when he rose again from the dead. 
hung out for 40 days, gave irrefutable evidence that he was who he claimed to be, that he's the son of God, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the defeater of death, the conqueror of Satan, and the victor over hell. That's Jesus. That's our Savior. Do you understand why I get so excited when I say he's our rescuer? We're not going to sing that song ever again. We're going, he's our rescuer. He's our rescuer. He's our rescuer. He rescued you from the clutches of sin and hell and death and elevated you to the glorious status of being called a saint, a child of God. That's what Pastor Tim told you the last few weeks. And that's what you are. So we go back to this whole thing where we go through these situations where we feel like we're overwhelmed in life and we wonder, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to cope? I love this passage because this passage is awesome. It's the epistle reading. It's Hebrews chapter 3. We do not have a high priest who is unable, listen to this, we do not have a high priest, namely Jesus Christ, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. You sometimes feel rejected by others, so did Jesus on the cross. You sometimes face financial difficulties, so did Jesus. Sometimes he didn't have any place to stay or any food to eat. You sometimes have relational breakdowns, so did Jesus. He said to his disciples, if you eat of my blood, drink of my blood and eat of my flesh, you have eternal life. Man, that is far out, weird, wacky, wild stuff, right? And after he said that, some people cut out. And he looked at his disciples and he said, are you going to leave me too? And what did Peter say? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He faced stress and pressure just like you. Jesus is familiar with all our ways, guys. Don't ever forget that. You're not isolated on this island alone. Every experience where you feel overwhelmed in life, been there, done that. That's what Jesus says. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you don't believe that Jesus gets you through those things, look back over the track record of your life. You face times in your life when you are absolutely overwhelmingly overwhelmed and Jesus gave you strength to persevere and either he removed that thing that was causing that overwhelming feeling or he gave you strength to persevere through it. Amen? He did it. Because he's familiar with all your ways. But not only that, you got a future to think about. And you got challenges that are coming your way. And you got things that are going to cause you to feel overwhelmed, overwhelmed at times. And here's the marvelous thing that we have in Jesus Christ. I love the story when Joseph thought that Mary had been unfaithful. You all know this story. Joseph thought Mary had been unfaithful and he was ready to divorce her quietly, meaning he wasn't going to make a big deal about it. He was gonna, was, wasn't going to put her up to public disgrace. He was just going to file the petition, get her done, and move on with his life. And then an angel came to him in a dream and said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. And you are to give his name, the name Jesus, because he's going to save people from their sins. And this is in fulfillment of prophecy. The virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and his name shall be called I M M A N U E L E Manuel, which means 
God with us. One of the most important names in the Bible is Emmanuel, God with us. Not apart from us, distinct from us, away from us, showing up every once in a while. God with us. So here's the deal. Every overwhelming thing that you face in life, Jesus is with you. Financial breakdown, Jesus is with you. Relational fracturing, Jesus is with you. Overwhelming stress in life, Jesus is with you. Loss of a job, Jesus is with you. Difficult diagnosis physically, Jesus is with you. You don't face life alone. You don't go through those double doors as an independent citizen of the United States. You go through those double doors today, leaving with the presence, power, and authority of Jesus Christ. And because of that, let the world do what it may. We have Jesus on our side. If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but freely gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things, including courage in the face of adversity? Strength in the face of being overwhelmed. So what's the application? Real simple. Know it. Know what I've said. It's not based on me. It's based on the Word of God. Know it. Believe it. And live it. Know it. Believe it. And live it. By the way, keep coming to church. Because I got a lot more messages like this that I got from 8,000 miles away. Let's go back to the pyramid. Can you guys say that with me? Pyramid. Pyramid. I love that word. I'm going to be saying it the rest of my life. Pyramid. Go back to the pyramid. So... Joey and I are up there in the middle of that thing. It's 110 degrees. Little do I know that I only have about 30 yards to go. I thought I had 30 miles to go. And these people were coming down, and I, was, I said to Joey, I said, I, I can't do this. i got to go back. He said, you can do it, Dad. You can do it. And right then, some kids, 22, 24 years old, they said, you're almost there. You can do it. You're almost there. Keep crawling. Keep pressing. And then I said a prayer, Lord Jesus, give me strength. And I got to the top, looked around. It was 120 degrees in there. I said, I'm out. I'm leaving. Got out of there. I thanked the Lord. Here's my point. Are there not times when you're overwhelmed when you say, Lord Jesus, give me strength? How many of you have said that? And did he? Yes. And somehow you got through. And you look back over that, it wasn't Jesus walking by your side or taking you by the hand. It was Jesus literally carrying you through that situation. Here's the life application point I want you to remember. Either when you're overwhelmed, he's going to take away the difficulty that's making you feel overwhelmed, or he will give you strength to get through it. That's it. That's it. Take that with you didn't come from me, it came from a book, and I like it. Either he will take away that situation that's making you feel overwhelmed, or he'll give you strength to persevere through it. 
What an awesome Savior we believe in. He's our rescuer, especially when we're feeling, what's the theme? Overwhelmed. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you so much for the power of your word. Help us to take what we've learned and been challenged with today and put it into practice. To know it, believe it, and live it today, God. And Lord Jesus, we cannot begin to imagine what that was like for you to carry the world's sins on your shoulders, to be so overwhelmed with sorrow and grief that your sweat became like blood. To realize that as you were on that cross, you would experience the wrath and the punishment of God meted out on you for all the world's sins. We cannot even begin to imagine what that was like for you. But Lord Jesus, one thing we know, that you did it all for us. Because you love us. And your love will never stop or fade or quit or end. Help us when we're faced with things that are overwhelming to know that you are with us and you will carry us through. In the precious name of you, Lord Jesus Christ, we pray all these things. Amen.